The Lord be with you. Last Sunday, we read a story about a church service that went off the rails and ended badly. Maybe about as badly as a church service can end. Even now, all these centuries later, the end product of that service still leaves a bad taste in our mouths. Someone mentioned to me last week that when we were reading our passage from Acts, the congregation gave a very reluctant thanks be to God. Because, uh, what was the part that we were thankful for again? As we look at those stories, it's worth noting that what we call theological problems and questions, other people lived They had real-life dilemmas and troubles. And think about the dilemma they had in their day. What sort of leadership decisions could make a service like that happen? Who exactly was in charge of that event? In the first century church in Jerusalem, if they had feedback cards in the pew racks in front of them, if they had pews or racks even, the responses would have been conflicted. Love the service, the harp and the lyre and that double flute offertory were especially good today. And those apostles were amazing, but the part where people suddenly died and their bodies unceremoniously carried out, it's not what we're looking for in a church. Two and a half stars. This week, uh, Luke takes us again in the Acts of the Apostles, and the story chills out a little bit. It lets us sit in on one of the early church's first business meetings. Nobody's cheering for that. Fair enough. It's the appointment of the deacons. (laughs) What a sight this is. It's the original committee devoted to table service and distribution and care for widows and their loved ones. It's a great portfolio. And for some of you, well, maybe this sounds like a really dry crust of Bible trivia. It's a little bit of filler in between the shocking story about those dead people and the one about, okay, if you flip forward a little bit, yeah, it's another story about someone who dies tragically. Or maybe when you see this story, you feel a little pang inside. It's an unpleasant memory that comes to mind. Because you have really good reasons to be wary of church meetings. Really good reasons. For many of us, a bad church meeting has helped make for a tangible, unpleasant moment in their lives. Or maybe you're thinking, a story about organized religion, church bureaucracy, and committees? No, thank you. Get to some of the good parts, please. But it's worth noting that the alternative to organized religion is uh, competing factions, battling for power with no clarity or common purpose. People, let's be clear, will not get helped or fed or cared for in any way. Most of us have seen what a reckless behemoth the global church can be, has been in history, 
But chaotic religion is its own sort of destructive beast. Our organizing practices, our life together, the things that make us a local church active and alive, those are, those are super important. If something good ever happened to you in a local church like this one, especially a Baptist church, a committee probably had something to do with it. That being said, if something bad happened to you in a church, a Baptist church like this one, the same rule often applies. Because even the wisest and smartest, the most capable and faithful among us make mistakes and get it wrong. Those same people need to apologize when they need to. They need to read those comment cards carefully. They need to listen to people. And then hopefully they have another meeting. A meeting that starts off with one of those whiteboard exercises. What worked? What didn't work? What could we do better? They had the first century equivalent of those whiteboard exercises. One of those do-better meetings during the early days of our church. And it's our story at the beginning of Acts 6. Two groups were in conflict. Group one, a people that the text calls the Hellenists in this text, are the first ones we hear about. And without any more details, we can't really say for certain who these people were. But it's a good likelihood that they were folks who lived in Jerusalem, mostly of Jewish descent, though not all of them, but they were people who had been profoundly influenced culturally. They'd been shaped by the common trade language that they spoke, which was the leftover from the previous imperial occupation, in this case, the Greeks. Maybe they had some different practices. Whatever the case, these people had a serious and urgent and very real complaint. You see, in the early church, they had a practice, and it's one that they had inherited from the synagogues. This was the care for the poor people, widows and their families, especially vulnerable people in a highly stratified and unfair patriarchal society. And we don't really know why or how these vulnerable people from the Hellenist community were being neglected when food and supplies were being handed out. And so, quite naturally, People complained, and they complained specifically against another group of people who seemed to be running things, from what we can tell. They're named the Hebrews in this text. Maybe they were people from a specific neighborhood or synagogue. What a recipe for disaster. This could have been a terrible situation. This is a cultural and a linguistic divide. Is there racial tension? And it's the unfair distribution of food. I would imagine someone probably stood up at one of those meetings and said something really passionate. The unfair distribution of food, was it carelessness? 
Was it oversight? Was it genuine unkindness or was it a mistake? Was this a petty squabble or just a a thing that happened that nobody noticed until someone brought it up? Whatever the reason, changes were called for. Something needed to be done. And so the early church had one of those meetings. How do we do better? The apostles wanted to keep doing the Acts of the Apostles. There's lots of chapters left to do, and this is a world tour for them. And so handling this themselves would have involved a lot of, which would have prevented them from doing a lot of the travel and the preaching here and there in different cities around the empire. They needed some consistent, present, local caretakers. People who knew the city, people who knew the community and its people. And so they asked the gathering, select seven men of good standing, full of spirit and of wisdom. It's worth noting that each of the men selected have Greek names, implying that these new overseers were from the marginalized group, from that group called the Hellenists. What a great place to start, actually. And then when the people had selected these spirit-filled, wise ones, the apostles laid hands on them. They blessed them. They tasked them with the care of a community. They told them to watch out for the fair distribution of their resources. These were practical needs and realities. But this was named as sacred work in the community, with prayers and blessings from the apostles. This isn't a dry crust, and we should not skip past this part too quickly. We need to pay attention to this story, because the practical, concrete details of how the church meets the needs of vulnerable people the people around it, the people in the community and near to it, this is not trivia. It's not the background noise. This is vital work. This is sacred work. Whatever else the church does, however impressive or remarkable or beautiful, whatever we build, whatever we celebrate, whatever songs we sing, If the church doesn't get these basic details right, we are well and truly missing the mark. The book of Acts is made up of stories about the Holy Spirit, the restless, creative spirit, pushing, shaping, energizing a new people. And boy, were they ever in for a wild ride. So many new realities, the growing pains of a new community. And through all of it, these new peoples in different places and cities and towns would would need guidance. They would need to care for people. They would need people to care for them who were full of the spirit and of wisdom. You may have noticed uh, with the songs and the readings and everything else that and of wisdom really stands out for me this week. 
If there's an attribute that every church leadership team needs, it's wisdom. Plenty of it. We live in such a complicated world, and the ways that things can go badly are real and pressing. And when I talk about wisdom, I'm not just talking about some sort of mystery power or secret knowledge. I'm talking about knowledge informed by attentiveness and care, lived out over years and years. Wisdom that forms character that's born of lessons and mistakes and time. Wisdom is hard-earned knowledge, thoughtfulness, and listening skills in the real world. These wise people have learned so many lessons in their days. They can remember some of them as really hard lessons, but they've listened, they've sought the counsel from other wise people who came before them, Don already gave us some names during the children's time, but aren't you grateful that you get to be part of a church with women and men who are chosen as wise caretakers for such things? Financial oversight, building maintenance, congregational meals and events, the care and safety of children and young people, Attention to the needs and pressures in the lives of the staff. Care for the city and beyond. Thoughtfulness about communicating our identity and our shared values. Attention to the details of our weekly worship services. We even have people whose whole job it is to ensure orderly meetings and keep good records. Can I get an amen? To be clear, none of this is filler, and none of this is trivia. This is vital stuff, folks. The starch and substance of a robust body of believers. And it's this space, the space in these meetings and gatherings where we are guided by the wise ones, this is the space where the Spirit flexes and moves where the Spirit finds yet more holy work for people like you and me. This is the good part. In the year ahead, this church has its own share of work to do. We have projects that hopefully include taking care of all kinds of people. And believe me, we have some decisions about what sort of local church we hope to be in the days ahead, And they're weighty, heavy decisions to make. And no question, this work will present us with challenges. People will share different points of view. And there's going to be some difficult, unforeseen circumstances. Situations that we didn't expect at all. Choices which will call for careful consideration and patient listening. And the people chosen as leaders among us. May they be propelled by the Spirit as they navigate this landscape, as they guide us through thoughtful dialogue, as they help us make some well-considered choices, 
These are the people, of a little piece of our congregation, who help us find a way to give shape to our commitments, our values, and our efforts. Holy work, all of it. Friends, together we get to live out this miracle called a local living gathering of the church. Amen. Thanks be to God.